0: The scripture reading tonight will be from Genesis, chapter 19 and verses 15 and 16. Genesis 19, 15, 16. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed and consumed in the punishment of the city. And when he lingered, the men took hold of his hand his wife's hand and the hands of his two daughters. The Lord the Lord being merciful to him. And he brought him out and let him and led and set him outside the city. Thank you. What a great story we have in the life of Lot. A beautiful story of a man who loved God, whose life is described by Peter later on as a righteous man. He was a man who lived in a city and his soul was stirred greatly because of the sin and evil of that city. And yet we find him falling from grace. And I want us to think about that time in which he made that great decision. I want you to think about the lingering one translation has it that he hesitated. I want you to realize that the idea at this particular point is that Lot, while he was a young man, was able to recognize the fact that when he came to Cana with his father Abram, his, his uncle really is a- Abram, God bless both of them. Their herds grew so abundantly. It was difficult for them to find pastures for their land. And even though he was in the wrong place a little bit later on, we find the reason why. Abram said to him, You know there's strife between you and me, between my herdsmen and your herdsmen. For we're brethren. It's not the whole land before you. Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll take the right. Or if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Genesis chapter 13, verses 8 and 9. Now, remember, everything that Lot had came either directly or indirectly from his uncle, Abram. He should have said, No, you have first choice. I mean, you have every right to make that choice. Instead, we read that Lot lifted up his eyes, saw all the plain of the Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere uh, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It was like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as it went toward Zoar. So Lot chose for himself the valley of Jordan, and settled. In, uh, Abram settled in the land of Cana, while Lot settled in the cities of the valley. And then in the latter part of verse 12, we read something I want you to understand as one of the great challenges and great warnings that we have as well. We read that he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Yes, pitched his tent toward Sodom. Now what a a challenge that is. Phrase that I I think should alert us to danger. My grandmother used to warn me when I was a young boy that birds of a feather flock together. Now I understood that to mean that the kind of people that you associate with is going to determine the kind of person you are. And we understand as well that even as Lot pinched his tent toward Sodom, that we understand that the direction you go determines the destination that you'll arrive at what a challenge it is to understand that. You're going to find that it determines the destination. Young people, the friends you make in school, the friends you make around that you associate with is going to have a great influence on your life. Be careful. Lot had to make that decision. He had to understand that. He pitched his tent toward Sodom. And then just a few moments later on, we read that he lived in Sodom. He had moved, he pitched his tent toward that and inched that way. The devil goes a long ways, but he takes little steps. He moved him gradually toward that city, the city of Sodom. You see, he was warned of God. I don't know how 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 I got there, so. Yeah, yeah. Back here just, all right, there we go. He was in the wrong place, and we'll get there in a minute. Recognize that he lingered. He was warned of God about this. And as he endured the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah, we're told that his Soul bothered him greatly because of the sin, but when his patience ran, da- ran out, God determined to destroy the cities. First, however, God sent two angels, two men. And they came as men. Lot met them in the city, and I'm sure he didn't realize they were angels. He invited them to his house, what hospitality he showed to them at the time. The messengers told Lot, we're about to destroy this place because their outcry has come so great before God, and He has sent us to destroy it. And Lot lingered. Now, now Lot, I, I, I'm sure, not, did not intend to be destroyed with the cities. But still, he lingered inside the city. I wonder about you and I. I, I can't help but think about us when we read of Lot's lingering and hesitation or, or surprise that he had that God's going to destroy these cities, perhaps we say, well, if angels told me that God's going to destroy this city, I'm going to get out of there. Are you really? Are you sure? Stop a moment and think. And you'll realize that Lot has his modern counterparts. We realize that as Lot was, so are we in our wrong place. We have for years inched our way toward Sodom. The Sodom of worldliness. The Sodom of man-made religious institutions. The Sodom of sin. The Sodom of spiritual disinterest or the Sodoms that oppose the will of God. And having pitched our tents in that direction, it's not surprising that some of us are, abide there now. But he was warned of God. God sent His messengers to warn us of the danger, just as He sent messengers to warn Lot of His danger. We have Bibles in our home. Many of us have heard sermons after sermon. We have not only Bibles, but we have Christian parents that are friends or others who have tried to point us in the right direction. We know what's right. We know what we should do. We know how, what we should be. God's message is basically the same for as for Lot. If you're not where you should be, speak. Flee the wrath of God. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. And it is with great difficulty that the righteous, and if it is with great difficulty, the righteous are, is saved, what will become of the godless and the sinner? 1 Peter four seventeen. And the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His angels and And mighty angels in flaming fire dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of His power. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 7 through 9. And yet, knowing these things, we linger. God's words of warning are not difficult to understand. And most of us would insist that we believe them. And I can't help but think that when those angels told Lot that God is going to destroy those cities, he understood it. It wasn't difficult to understand. But like Lot, we linger. We plan to stop sinning someday. But we even plan to become Christians someday. We'll be restored, maybe, from in our Christian life someday. We'll become faithful to the Lord someday. We'll be, you know, just like Lot a long time ago. We don't intend to be lost but we still linger in our sin. What are the reasons for lingering? You say, why did Lot linger longer? We can't know his thoughts, but I think we can make some educated guesses, especially as we look at our own reasonings for lingering. First of all, I think it was probably hard to believe. The message that the angels brought to Lot at that particular time was a very difficult one for him to accept and to understand. Put yourself in his place for a moment. As he walked down the street, everything was normal. Everything was as it always had been. He was surrounded by the hustle and bustle of the city, The street was filled with colorful crowds who had come to trade and to do business there. And behind him was the house in which he had lived for years. A house in which his children had been born. A house in which they had grown up. And along the streets were shops and merchants with whom he had done business for years. Many of those he met greeted him with a wave and a smile. HOW HARD IT WOULD BE TO BELIEVE THAT IN A MATTER OF HOURS, PERHAPS EVEN MINUTES, ALL THIS WOULD BE GONE. THERE'S NO PRECEDENT FOR SUCH A THING. IT WAS OUTSIDE LOTS' EXPERIENCE. WHETHER OR NOT HE BELIEVED IT, THOUGH, GOD'S WARNING WAS TRUE. The two cities were so completely demolished that today we're not even exactly sure where they were. We know the Jordan plain, but that's about it. Likewise, most of us today can I, can understand the, the wording of God's warnings. However, when we look at the world around about us, it's hard to comprehend. Everything that we see it's going to be destroyed. Look around you at the materials that compose the building where we are. Look at the pews. Look at the people uh, sitting around you. Isn't it hard to realize that all of this shall be vaporized, not one atom left? Whether or not it's hard to believe, if God says it, it's true. God says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the, in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and the works will be burned up and the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. 2 Peter three ten 10-12. We may even have a hard time just acknowledging that we're not indestructible. Here we are, full of life, breathing. Our hearts are beating. Death happens to other people, you know, not to us. Nevertheless, it's true that it is appointed and the man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. We understand that, don't we? That's God's statement, Hebrews nine twenty seven. Unless the Lord returns first, each of us are going to die. Then we'll face God who made us. And then we'll give an account of the lives that we've lived. But I want you to notice some things. Perhaps the principal reason that Lot lingered was because he had ties to that city. Not only had he moved into Sodom, but to some great extent, Sodom had moved into him. No doubt he had friends there. No doubt his wife had friends there. He had business acquaintances there. His daughters had married men from Sodom and Gomorrah. If he had grandchildren, they were there and probably born in that city. Ties can also cause us to linger to do what we know we should do. Some of us have ties with the world, activities we don't want to give up, friends who might make fun of us if we commit ourselves to Christ. For others, family ties are a primary hindrance. Maybe it's our mates, maybe it's our parents, maybe it's our grandparents, even our children. Few things are sadder than breaking family ties. Jesus taught us that it's sometime necessary. When He sent out twelve with a limited commission, He told them, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man a, against his father and a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Matthew 10, 34 through 37. To be a part of God's chosen people. Remember Ruth had to leave her Kinsman had to leave her religion Ruth chapter 10 chapter 1 and verse 16 and 17 if she had not done so she wouldn't have been the ancestor of our Lord according to Matthew 1 and verse 5 early Christians had not had they not been willing to break family ties there would have been no Christians and no Christianity and no church but we say well you know we've got plenty of time It's also possible that Lot did not realize the urgency of the warning. He may have thought that it would be some time before God's wrath would be rained down on the cities. I've got time to make all of this preparation, he would be thinking. And certainly many, many today think that they have plenty of time to make a firm decision about the Lord. Some find consolation in Jesus' parable that mentions the workers that have been hired for the vineyard. The owner of the vineyard went out early in the morning and hired those to come and work, and and again several times during the day and hired those to work. And he went out the eleventh hour and hired the workers that were still out there and no one had invited them to work, but now they have a job for one hour. As we think of that, uh, they receive the same reward, as those who had worked the other eleven hours, we planned to wait to the last minute to commit our lives to Christ, and they—they they did not do that. I want you to consider two facts about these individuals. First of all, their situation's not the same as those who had worked the eleven hours. The eleventh-hour workers started working as soon as they were invited. Matthew chapter 20 verse 6 and 7 while these have rejected the gospel invitation time and time again second no one has a guarantee that he will live until the 11th hour many who plan to go in obedience on the 11th hour die at 1030 the Bible uses more than seventy figures of speech to emphasize how brief and how uncertain life is. Life's compared to a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. You've seen ste- steam rising from a tea kettle; it only rises so far, just a little while, and then it vanishes. It's gone. It may be like the the shadow. That appears for a little while and then the shadow is gone. It's not the real thing anyway, but it quickly is gone. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 15, to, with grass and we compared with grass and the flower of the field is cut down. Psalms 103, verse 15. With things that are swift as a as a weaver's shuttle, or a fast runner, according to Job chapter seven, verse six, and Job chapter nine and verse twenty-five. And on and on we could go. We won't list all 72. But I want you to understand one thing from it. Life is short. Life is not planned. Death for us, we do not plan for. Two gospel preachers, one by the name of Delmer Owens and the other by Leroy Brownlow, very fine gospel preachers of a few years ago, went to see a man to encourage him to be baptized and he said to them don't 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 worry about me i don't intend to die without being a christian that's interesting brother Owen said when do you plan to die what hour what minute what year he got the message He understood what they're saying. Death can come to any of us at any moment. Maybe in the next five minutes. We cannot count on having plenty of time. We don't know why Lot lingered. We know that he did. We can also be sure why people linger today. We cannot be sure of that. We know they do. But the results can be disastrous. I want you to notice some of the results of hesitation. As long as Lot lingered, he had no peace of mind. The statement includes all the time that Lot lived in Sodom. And all the years that he lingered, not not wanting to leave those familiar, but ungodly people. Peter chapter 2 and verse 6 spoke of how the life in those cities affected him. The apostle said that Lot was oppressed by the sensual conduct, of unprincipled men, for what he saw and heard by the righteous, uh, that righteous man while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day and night with their lawless deeds." 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, and yet he lingered, he stayed. Isaiah emphasized that there is no peace for the wicked. Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 22. Neither can peace be found in lingering. Indecision has caused countless sleepless nights. It has for us, has it not? Have we not seen those nights in which we cannot make a decision and that's sleepless nights? As we do this, worrying and thinking and stressing about the decision, to obey the gospel, to become a child of God, to be faithful in what we're doing for Him. We rob ourselves of the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, according to Philippians 4 and verse 7. And then too, I think we might see that he robbed God of his best years. You see, years that could have been spent in useful service to Him, years that that, uh, were lost, as we shall see, because of His environment. When we spend our days away from God, we destroy ourselves. We speak of killing time, but time lived away from the Lord is a case of time killing us. The greatest sins of the prodigal son, Luke chapter 15, where his failure to appreciate the blessings to be found in his father's house. His lack of desire to be with his father. When he went into the far country, he squandered more than money. He wasted time that could have been spent with his father. Are we wasting time that could have been spent with our Father in heaven. Because we're not doing what He asked us to do. Bible teaches that our purpose in life is to glorify God. To magnify His name. God spoke of those whom I have created for my glory. Whom I have formed, even who I have made. Whom I have made, Isaiah 43 and verse 7. Jesus challenged each of us to let your light shine. Before men in such a way they may see you good works and glory your Father who is in heaven. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. As long as we linger, we do not do what we should. We fail to fill our purpose for being. When we fail to fulfill our purpose for being, we're not a child of God. And then Lot lost his family seems to me that the most tragic result of lot lingering is that he lost his family let's do some counting here i think it's possible i think it's possible if lot had converted his family that the cities of sodom and gomorrah would not have been destroyed think about it for a moment you remember abram had Bargain with God. God had told him he was going to destroy these cities and Abram began to bargain with him. If, if we can find 50 righteous souls, will you not destroy it? God said, no, I will not destroy it. How about 40, 40 righteous souls? No, I will not destroy 30, 20, 10 righteous souls and I will not destroy that city. Think for a moment now. We know from what we read there a moment ago that Lot, his wife, and two daughters are living in the house at this present time. You just think about this for a moment. He had the two unmarried daughters. The messengers ask about his sons. Plural. Let's suppose he had two sons that were married. It's another four. And suppose they may have had children. Or suppose he had some daughters that were married to someone there. We told it he had to go talk to his sons-in-law. So we get to ten pretty quickly. You see, that brings that number to ten. If Lot did have at least ten people in his extended family, and if Lot had influenced them all to follow the Lord, These cities of the plain could have been spared. Lot, however, lost all of his family. He lost his sons-in-law. One of the saddest passages that I think in this text that we can find is that one that says that Lot went out and talked to his sons-in-law and said, get up and get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But that he appeared to his sons in law to be jesting. If Lot had ever had credibility with his sons in law, it was gone now. He had lost it. As far as they were concerned, he was just a dithering old man out of touch with reality. They didn't take him seriously. If he had sons, he lost them. If he had married daughters, he lost them. If he had grandchildren, he lost them. He lost his wife. He had lingered so long in Sodom that she had formed ties with that city, ties that bound her to the city. And thus, as the angels led them out of the city, she disobeyed them and turned to look back at the city and its destruction. And she became a pillar of salt. She thus became the only woman That Jesus in his ministry said, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. She would not have been lost if Lot had left that city years before. Someone may protest, but, but he didn't lose all of his family. After all, he asked his two virgin daughters, had them, didn't he? Probably the only reason they came with Him was that in those days, the Father controlled His children. And as long as they were in the home, those girls had to obey the Father, and they came. But when they exited the city, they carried Sodom in their hearts. Not long after they left, they got their father drunk and committed incest with him. And I wonder where they learned that little trick. From their friends, and godless Sodom. I repeat that, uh, that Lot lost all his family. One of the saddest things that I have observed in recent years is the number of older men and women, now faithful to the Lord, whose children have little or no interest in spiritual matters. In the majority of these cases, when their children were small, the parents thought they didn't have time for religion. They were too busy with the things of the world to be involved in the life of the church or to teach their children, and now they would give anything if they could relive those years. Moms and dads, if your children are still at home, let me urge you to do whatever it takes. To put the lord and his way first in their lives but seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you teach your children to do the same you may think that you have no choice that you must live in the sodom of materialism and secularism in order to make a living in order to survive maybe you're even counting the days until you can leave sodom and perhaps eventually you will get out but you have But have you considered the possibility that you if you wait much longer your children may not come with you a man preached in a number of years in northeast oklahoma told of how in his early life he had fought the gospel for 15 or 20 years his wife was a faithful christian his boys always were with their mother in church. And he was with them most of the time. And during the invitation, he had heard over and over and over and over again, but it bothered him so much that many times he would pinch one of the children and make it cry so he'd have to get up and take it out during the invitation. When he finally became a Christian, he expected his sons to follow him. Instead, with tears in his eyes, he says, My boys won't even come and hear me preach. King David moved into Sodom when, uh, of Sin, and his son Absalom followed David and came out, but Absalom stayed. Later, David cried, Oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would I have died instead of you, oh, Absalom, my son, my son. 2 Samuel 1833, I pray that you never never have to look into the face of a child who's died without hope and cry to yourself, Oh my son, or oh my daughter. I could have won you for the Lord if I had not lingered. My appeal to you tonight is to come out of Solemn. Do not, not just to mothers and fathers, it's to everyone. Young people, realize that you're influencing other young people. If you have younger brothers and sisters, you're influencing them. Maybe you're thinking, I'll straighten up my life someday. And perhaps you will. But what if those you've influenced do not? What if you, who, you, who you urge them to turn their lives around, you seem to them to be jesting? There can be no sadder consequence of hesitation, or lingering than to cause those who we love to be lost. And I want you to realize that but Lot basically was a good person. Moses spoke of his hospitality, Peter spoke of his righteousness. Never the yet, yet, Lot made a fatal mistake when he stayed too long where he shouldn't have been in the first place. Today, if you find yourself in Sodom, I beg you to get out before it's too late. Time is too short. It's too uncertain for you to linger. If you had a life-threatening threatening illness, I hope you would not hesitate to do something about it. If you had a, a pressing decision to make in your business, I'd hope you would not linger too long while you're thinking about it. Why linger over your decision when your soul is your most important possession? If you persist in lingering, it can be too late before you realize it. The writer of Hebrews referring to some that it was impossible to renew them again To repentance. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 6. He begged his readers today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. There is a sensitive plant, I'm told, that if you touch it, it trembles. The next time you touch it, it trembles a little less. Until it gets to the point there is no vibration at all. It has been touched to death. The human heart can resist so often that it becomes past feeling as well. Felix trembled, if you remember, when Paul reasoned with him concerning righteousness and self-control and judgment to come. But he hesitated. Satan doesn't care how much you tremble, as long as you linger. The opportunity is yours tonight. If you need to put on Christ in baptism, if you need to become a child of God, don't linger. Now is the opportunity, now is the time. If you as a child of God have found yourself in the Sodom of this world, I plead with you to turn back from that tonight. Come and let us pray for you and with you. If you need in any way to have the prayers of the church, come right now while together we stand and sing. So great.